Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and I'm glad you're joining me today. This is episode 87. June 1st, 2018, and today we're going to talk about how to properly use a greenhouse. Before we jump into that, uh, answering that question from a listener, I want to tell you about something really cool going on right now. Well, it's getting ready to to happen, and I just want to tell you about it. Uh, It's the Modern Homesteading Summit, uh, hosted by Melissa K. Norris. Now, you met Melissa back in episode 69. If you don't remember that episode or you haven't listened to it yet, you really need to go back and listen to that. Uh, had a good chat with her, and she's hosting this uh, online homesteading summit, and it's just going to be awesome. And, and I want to invite you to it. I think it's a free event. Uh, it's over twenty-seven homesteading experts. Uh, they're going to be talking about just all kinds of great homesteading stuff. I mean, uh, how to be self-sufficient with your food, cleaning products, health, all kinds of stuff, herbal medicines, just all kinds of things. And um, You'll be able to watch these uh, these presentations for free. I always love these things. You know, I always pick one or two a year, and I kind of uh, promote them a little bit. But this one, I'm I'm especially uh, uh, excited about because I I I, I know Melissa. I, I really enjoy her stuff, and I know anything she's a part of is going to be really good. So uh, check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. You really need to go and, and click that link, register, so you'll be uh, notified when it starts. It starts June 10th, and uh, you'll be able to. Watch online as it uh, as it unfolds, and it should be really, really good. I'm excited to, to listen to some of the presenters in this one. So uh, check that out. Again, link in the show notes to the Modern Homesteading Summit hosted by Melissa K. Norris. So check that out. Now let's jump into our, um, our topic today. Uh, today's question uh, came in from Troy, and he just simply asks, How do you properly use a greenhouse? I bought a small 6x8 plastic greenhouse to use. I had horrible luck. It didn't retain any heat at night, and if any sun was out, it got between 30 to 50 degrees hotter than outside and would fry my plants. I don't know where I'm going wrong. And uh, Troy, I understand your pain. (laughs) I really do. Because when I first bought a greenhouse, uh, I didn't weigh all the... um, the uh, necessary issues with a greenhouse they are a blessing i love mine but they have their limitations there's there's things you can do in them and there's things you can't do in them and uh, that's what i want to talk about today i want to talk about first the advantages of having a greenhouse it's absolutely great for all four seasons of gardening in the spring you can start seeds and trays inside the greenhouse and you know, as the as the seedlings uh, uh, pop up, you you can transplant them into larger pots, and you can keep them in the greenhouse until all the danger of frost is passed. But you have to get them out after that, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, or you have to make other arrangements or do something different with your greenhouse. In the summer, they're great for starting fall flowers, uh, perennials. You know, um, they're, they're really good to start uh, plants even in the summertime that are really uh, warm, loving plants. You can get them going. You can get them sprouted in there. 
and it works for summer too. And there's other things you can do, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Well, how I use mine in the summertime, but uh, there's there's definitely some ways you can use it in the summer as well. In the fall, you can start. A lot of people start holiday plants and um, and bulbs inside their greenhouse. You can also put your uh, house plants uh, in there that you know that, that you want to get into a sunny spot, and and maybe you have too many for your house. And in the winter. Which is, you know, a, a great time to have a greenhouse, but not in all situations. But you can use it to grow some cold-hardy vegetables. In mine, we grow lettuce and spinach and uh, and kale. So, I mean, you can do some things. You can, there's also some flowers you can you can winter over and things like that. I'll get into it in a minute. But winter, you can absolutely use your greenhouse in the winter too. Um, and we'll talk all about that. But there, it absolutely has some uses. But it also has its limitations. The ideal temperature for a greenhouse is about uh, 80 to 85 degrees. You don't want it much hotter than that, and you definitely don't want it much cooler than that when you're trying to uh, to sprout seeds. So, I mean, you want to keep it at a certain temperature. Now, there's ways around that. You can use seed mats, heated seed mats that heat the, you know, and then you're just basically utilizing the sunlight of the greenhouse more than the heat of the greenhouse. If it's still too cold, you can heat the greenhouse. There's a lot of things you can do. We're going to get into all that. But to optimally you want to you want to keep it 80 to 85 degrees as much of the time as you can and that that takes some work and we're going to talk a little bit about that there's different kinds of greenhouses there are um, like the hobby greenhouses uh, that are more of a hard plastic they're made out of a more permanent uh, material a harder material there's the plastic ones like it sounds like you bought that have like a plastic sheeting over them and um and those work really good too. They're they're not as durable. There's homemade ones. I mean, you can make the poly tunnels. You can make the high tunnels, the low tunnels. You can. I mean, even cold frames are really a, a form of greenhouse. I mean, they're cold frames with a window over the top of them. That you put over individual plants. These are all uh, they all function as greenhouses. But now what I have is a is a eight by ten hobby greenhouse. It's a hard uh, material. That's it's also aluminum framed. Pretty pretty solid greenhouse you know it's it's not maybe as solid as i'd like it but it's it's pretty nice it's not going to blow away in a wind i mean we just today we had a big old storm kick up and um, you know i don't worry about it one time the uh, the hatch on the top the ventilation hatch uh, came off and blew away and i was lucky i found it it didn't leave my yard um and i found it and i kind of had to reattach it in a, in a special way <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you know it's a more solid greenhouse a lot of folks are using just the um you know they'll maybe make something out of pvc or conduit, stretch plastic over it, make like a tunnel. And again, there's those ones you can buy that are pretty inexpensive and, and they're pretty cheap. You know, a lot of them are PVC and whatnot, but uh, all of it can do the trick. But some of them definitely work better than others. Two things you need to know about greenhouses, and, and that's to maintain optimum conditions. And to do that, it's uh, heating and ventilation. And you can also get into shading. We'll talk a little bit about that too. But the common issues with with a greenhouse are overheating, uh, getting above 85 degrees, burning up your plants, which just sounds like what you did. Obviously, a lack of water. Rain's not getting in there. So you have to water everything in that greenhouse. I mean, that's common sense. You know that. Uh, pests are also a problem in greenhouses because uh, everything is in there and, and together. And uh, pests can really do some damage and disease. I mean, you got all your plants in, pl- in close proximity to one another. So pests and disease can really uh, wreak havoc in a greenhouse. And really, ventilation and heating have a lot to do with that. If you got proper ventilation, good airflow, it reduces the disease issues 
and um, you just got to be diligent about the pest issues. So um, let's talk a little bit about greenhouse heating to heat a greenhouse. Now, maybe you don't want to do that, but I want to talk a little bit about that because if you're going to utilize a greenhouse in the wintertime, depending on where you live, you very well may have to heat it. Now, I did my first year, I had my greenhouse. I did this last year. I didn't, and uh, I will next year because I did not uh, get the use out of my greenhouse, not near the use out of my greenhouse this last winter as I did the winter before. I grew things all winter the year before by keeping a small electric heater in there, and um, I, it was a ter- it was a thermostat controlled electric heater, and I kept it. And, and my greenhouse isn't insulated, so, I mean, it ran a lot. So that's why I didn't run it this last year. I thought, well, it wasn't worth it, you know, for the electric bill. And um, I think it was because I was able to eat salads all year, all winter long out of that greenhouse where I wasn't able to do that this year. Not It was just too cold for even lettuce or anything like that or kale or anything. It just wouldn't grow. So I didn't heat. And, but when I did heat it, I was able to uh, overwinter several things. And I even put some house plants out there because I kept it uh, about 60 degrees at night. And it would get warmer than that through the day because the sun beating in there most days, unless it was just really, really cold outside. Um, but at night, it would, you know, it, sometimes it would, the heater would run almost constant and it would drop down to around 50. But it wouldn't get freezing in there. So things grew pretty good in there. Um, and I don't think it ever got probably above 75 in the wintertime in there. So it was it was really good for spinach and lettuce and kale. They'd done excellent in there. And there's other things I could have I could have grown as well. But those things were, you know, I'm thinking salads for the winter, and, and I grew that those things. Uh, and it worked really, really good. And this last year, I couldn't. I tried to grow lettuce without heat. Couldn't do it. It just wouldn't. it pop up, and it just wouldn't grow, and it just stayed really, really small. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't really utilize it. Uh, and then close to the end of the winter, I did put the heater back in there so I could grow some, get a good start on some lettuce because I was getting hungry for a salad, you know, uh, that wasn't store-bought. So, you know, you can absolutely use it in the winter. Now, you, there's some folks, if you've got a larger greenhouse, you can wood heat. Uh, there's um, a lot of people get into the, the, the passive solar heating. And now what they will do is they'll, they'll stick barrels of water or they'll, and you want to paint them black or have black barrels because they'll absorb the heat better. And you can set, uh, like milk jugs painted black, full of water all throughout your greenhouse. Now I did that. I did set a lot of milk jugs out there, painted black, full of water, and it helped maintain the heat, um, from daytime because it'll absorb that heat from the sunlight and then it'll put it off through the night. But what I do find is though, is it don't it won't make it through the night i mean it will not hold the heat in there all night it'll help and if you're say you're using it to help supplement the electric heat to maybe so it won't run as much it absolutely helps there is some some heat being radiated from those things through the night but they will uh, balance out (laughs) by by uh probably the middle of the night and you won't have any heat being put off by them so uh, i don't think it's quite as good as a lot of people claim but uh but it's not bad. I mean, it definitely contributes and it definitely helps your greenhouse. You can also uh, incorporate what's called a heat exchanger. And um, now this is kind of going a step beyond thermal mass. Uh, and this is uh, basically using the ground, a subterranean uh, heating and cooling system. And it's running, you know, uh, pipes through the ground uh, to do an, an air heat transfer. And it works 
it's a lot of work. You have to pre-plan that and put that in under your greenhouse. There are folks, there's are some, there are some methods for doing it once that greenhouse is built. Uh, and, and a lot of them will use a small fan to kind of force the air down on the ground. It'll come up through a pipe on the other side and it circulates the air in the greenhouse down through the ground, uses the ground to heat up the, uh, the greenhouse. Uh, and by the way, this also works in reverse. It also will cool the greenhouse through the airflow through these tubes underneath the ground. And, you know, it, it's just a process. You have to dig the holes, you have to bury the, you know, the, the pipe, and then you have to create an airflow through it. Uh, and it will work and it, it does put off heat. It'll maintain a more balanced temperature in your, uh, in your greenhouse because you're using the, uh, the ground temperature to heat and or cool your greenhouse. So it does work. If you even have a larger greenhouse, you could even go with like a rocket mass heater. Uh, a lot of folks are incorporating those in larger greenhouses, but we're going to stick to what you have. You have a little plastic greenhouse, a little small, uh, I think you said six by eight greenhouse. Um, you're not going to put anything in one of those except for maybe an electric heater, a thermostat controlled electric heater. If you're not going to use any heat, and I don't know where you live, and you live in a climate similar to mine, I live in Indiana, we have cold winters and hot summers, and you know, I mean, it's it's kind of, we get all four seasons pretty extreme here, and if you're not going to use a heat, you're going to have a situation like I had, um, and, and you're not going to use it much in the wintertime. You're going to use it to start some seeds in uh, early, early spring. And get those going. And you're probably going to have to have some seed mats to do that to get them to germinate. Now, or you could germinate them in the house and then put them in the greenhouse uh, to, to get them started and get them growing a little bit. Um, but you're probably not going to do anything too early when it's too cold out because they will die. It will keep the frost off of them. And that's what's good. Because uh, even when, you know, it's caused by moisture in the air and it's not going to settle. I mean, just like you would cover up your garden with plastic. Uh, when there's a frost coming to keep the frost from landing on it, the greenhouse does that. So you are protecting your plants from frost at the very least. So that right there is something you're going to use it for. And that, and that right there to most people is very well worth it. I mean, if you can get all your seedlings going in there, put them in the greenhouse. Well, I said, even start them in the house or start them on seed mats. And then once they sprout and get going, you just leave them in there until all the danger of frost is out. And then you can transplant. That's really your main purpose of a greenhouse. But again, uh, you can use them in all four seasons if you try to create the right conditions. A small electric heater may, depending on where you live, be able to maintain um, a temperature in there at night uh, where you could definitely at least grow some things. Uh, cold, you know, uh, cold hardy um, uh, vegetables would definitely, even, even down into freezing temperatures as long as there's not frost on them. Well, some vegetables even frost them. I mean, I've knocked snow off a of kale and picked it before. I mean... You can, you can absolutely, some things will do fine even outside in the wintertime, so they'll definitely do great in a greenhouse. Um, none of these are your problem, though. Your problem has been heat, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, you need ventilation, and no doubt about it, that greenhouse is going to get hot. And the bad thing about those little plastic greenhouses are they usually don't have uh, uh, hatches in the roof. They usually don't have any place where you got any good ventilation. Uh, you have to roll up the doors or roll up the walls. You have to do something and, and those things aren't ideal for that. Uh, you can set a fan in the doorway of it and pull air in and circulate air from the outside in there. You got to create ventilation or it won't work. I have that little small hobby greenhouse I have. It's, it's got the hard panels in it, but it has a, it has a, uh, a, a ventilation uh, hatch on the top. Sometimes that isn't even enough. I open the door, I open the hatch and I have a fan blowing in there just to circulate and pull air through sometimes. 
Um, if I'm really wanting to, if, if we have an extremely hot spring like we've had this year, I've had to do that. Matter of fact, I burned up some vegetables when I didn't do that one time. I forgot to open up the hatch before I left one day and it got in the eighties. So it was probably in the, you know, low one hundreds in that greenhouse and it fried some things, some things recovered and some things didn't. Um, and I had to replant. Uh, so you got to be careful uh, and you got to pay attention. And if you got automatic uh, uh, ventilation hatches where they will automatically open and close according to the temperature, that's ideal. And you, in your situation, you don't have that. You're not going to have that. But maybe your greenhouse has an option. You could roll up the walls and roll them down. Some of them have that where you can just roll up the sides uh, and create some ventilation that way. Do something. If you if you don't do that, then what this is, it's a seed starting uh, room. And you'll get the seeds sprouted. And you'll get them out pretty much. And then you might have to put them back in if there's a frost coming or something like that. Set them outside through the day, put them back in. I mean, uh, it's going to serve a purpose. It may not serve all the purposes you want. There is another thing you can possibly do to help reduce it getting so hot in there. And that's shading. You can buy shade cloth and wrap your, um, your greenhouse in a shade cloth. And this will reduce the heat in that greenhouse dramatically. Uh, but you can't overdo it because, of course, plants need sunlight. So, you you, you know, you have to use your sense, uh, use some common sense there on, on how shaded you want it to be and how much sunlight your plants need. But in a really hot climate, you almost have to have shade cloth on a greenhouse through the summer, spring, summer, and fall because you can't grow anything in them because they're just way too hot. Here in Indiana, I've never used shade cloth in mine, but in the summertime, I don't grow, I don't start any seeds in the summertime. What I do is I grow tomatoes and or peppers, but I usually grow tomatoes in raised beds that I have down along the bottom of each side in the summertime. I, I utilize that space. Um, I take out the shelves, which I have removable shelves, and I, I leave the framing in there. Underneath all that framing, I have raised beds built right in the bottom of the greenhouse on both sides of the greenhouse. I plant tomatoes right in those raised beds, and then I let them grow up through the framing of the shelves, and that works like a tomato cage. I do this down both sides of my greenhouse. The tomatoes don't mind the heat. Matter of fact, they start creating a shade of their own up the sides because they'll grow up to the ceiling a little bit and uh, they create their own shade and help keep that greenhouse cooler i leave the door open all summer and i leave the hatch open all summer and i grow tomatoes in there all summer in the fall i clean it all out i give it a good you know uh, 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 fall cleaning and then i start putting stuff back in there i'll move some house plants in there i'll move some uh, some of our hanging baskets that we have hanging on our front porch and stuff go in there and i will start growing uh, things like lettuce and spinach and kale in there in the fall again and anything I can and then I'll try to maintain that through the winter so that's how I use mine now I do have good lighting in there I've hung some good lights in there so if I did want to grow something in in the winter that was more fruiting and needed more hours of sunlight I could probably pull that off too you could use grow lights but the fact is there's just some things you can't do with a greenhouse if you think you can uh, and like me I thought I could just leave stuff in there I thought plant it in there grow it it would be great. And no, it gets way too hot and, um, and, and way too cold at night. It really does. You mentioned that as well. It gets cold at night. You have to use a supplemental heat at night, depending on what you're growing. And you have to use shade cloth or really good ventilation and airflow, um, through the day to keep it cool enough. So that's, uh, that's what I have to say about greenhouses. Not, not a solution for every problem, but definitely a very useful thing to have on the homestead to get a few extra weeks of growing time 
uh, on the beginning and end of a year. Even a little plastic one like you have, you can definitely do that, but you just got to stay on top of it and you got to, you got to, um, it's not a labor saving device by any means, but it, it can get you a few extra weeks of growing and get you a good jump start uh, on the season and extend it uh, later in the fall by having a greenhouse. So hope that helps you out. May not be the answer you were hoping for, but uh, that's what I've experienced with my greenhouse. And I'm sure there's folks who um, who work in very large greenhouses that grow year round, but you know a lot of times they have systems in there. Uh, heating systems, cooling systems, all kinds of things going on, fans. I mean, they, they're they're set up for for year round growing. But on small hobby stuff like you and I are doing, uh, yeah, that those are your limitations, and it's what it's what you got to do and what you got to understand when you use a greenhouse. Have one; they're worth having. I love mine, but understand what you can't do with it as well as what you can do with it. So, uh, recommendation today. I want to recommend. I I've actually recommended this book before. It's called Four Season Harvest by Elliot Coleman. It's organic vegetables from your home garden all year long. It's the second edition. And um, it's a great book. He talks a little bit about greenhouses in there, utilizing greenhouses in the wintertime. He's in a very northern climate, and uh, he's growing in all four seasons. So check out that book. It's pretty awesome. And uh, he has some great tips in there on how to grow uh, year-round. So um, even utilizing greenhouses year-round. So it's good stuff. Today on the Homestead Life segment, I want to talk about something that's better in my life because of homesteading, and that's everyday learning from homesteading community. You know, when I started homesteading uh, a few years ago, I joined several online homesteading communities on Facebook and, and other places. And, and, you know, after a while, I even started one of my own, you know, the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, which, by the way, if you're not a member of, I always got to put my plug in there for the Homestead uh, Front Porch Facebook group, don't I? Go search Facebook for Homestead Front Porch and request to join, and we'll get you right in there. It is a closed group, but all you have to do to join is ask, answer a couple questions, get you right in there, and we love having having you in that community. Uh, over 20,000 other homesteaders and aspiring homesteaders in there sharing information, chatting with one another, and this is what I love. I can't express enough how valuable these communities have been for me. Every day, I learn something new. Uh, you know, just the other day on, on Instagram of all places, you know, I'm sharing something about finding some other uses for my overgrown scobies, you know, cause those things grow big when I'm making kombucha and I split them up and I throw the excess in the, uh, in the compost usually. Cause I don't know what to do with it. It's like, I, you know, what do I do with this? So I just put it in the compost. And, uh, I, I mentioned that on, on, on Instagram and posted a picture of my scoby and instantly I started getting all these suggestions. You can do this, you can do that. And these really great suggestions on what I could do with that, you know, very useful things I could do with that SCOBY. And I love that. Anytime I, w- I have a question or, or I'm just, or just browsing those communities, I learn something. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for the homesteading life. I wouldn't have been interested in joining those communities and, and I wouldn't be learning things every day about homesteading and about self-sufficiency and preserving and just all the things that go along with that. So I love being part of homesteading communities. I love it that I started one. I love it that we have all the people we have in there. You know, in my, in my opinion, the homestead front porch is, is the best, uh, um, 
community on Facebook for homesteading. And you really ought to be a part of it. I know I'm a little biased because it's my uh, my group, but I'm telling you, if you're not in there, it, you you don't understand. It's a really great group, you know. And we try to keep things under control. Every once in a while, someone slips in who's a troublemaker, and we we get them gone pretty quick. But uh, for the most part, we don't have a lot of trouble in there. You know, it's it's a great group of people who are there to help each other and learn from one another. And just be part of a community. And I love that. I love being part of that community myself. And again, I would not have that if it wasn't for the homesteading life. So that is better in my life in every way. Uh, if you want to submit a question for the podcast, and I do need some more questions, guys. I got three or four more that I'm going to be posting uh, here in the next couple episodes, you know, three or four episodes, and then I'm out. So I need some more questions submitted. Uh, you can send your questions to ask at smalltownhomestead.com. Or you can call or text in your questions. It's to our Google voicemail number, 765-203-1949. And actually, today's, uh, today's question came in uh, by text through that voicemail. So it's a great way to submit a question. Um, just make sure you tell me who you are and, uh, and ask your question in, in the text. Or you can call it in and I can even play uh, your voicemail on the uh, podcast, whichever, or send an email. It doesn't matter to me. I just love to get your questions. So submit your questions as often as you like, as many as you want, and we'll try to get them answered on the podcast. So uh, I do appreciate all the of you who have submitted questions so far. It's been really great to, uh, to pump out more podcasts and, uh, and uh, really just kind of brainstorm over these questions. I've really enjoyed it. You know, this podcast is, is made possible by those who join the Homestead Forum membership community. Uh, I'd love to have you in that community. If you want to learn more about the benefits of membership, go to thehomesteadforum.com. Um, that, that, mem- that membership community supports this podcast. Th- this podcast would go downhill pretty quick and, you know, eventually probably go away if it wasn't for the membership community. So the more people we get in there in that community, the better and we can make this podcast the longer it'll run and and you know it'll get better in every way so uh, join the membership uh, community it's a great community you get extra podcasts even you get videos you get discounts to to other homesteading uh, items you get uh, a forum that you can be part of where you can ask questions and 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 communicate and have some community in there with other homesteaders lots of stuff going on in there it's a great little community and um it's for a very low price uh and you get some really good stuff plus like i said you really get to support this podcast you can find the show notes for this episode at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 87 i really appreciate you joining me today guys get those questions in and until next time happy homesteading and god bless Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.